Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is Scott Kennedy, the producer-in-chief and co-host of the Broncos for Breakfast morning show podcast, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, pardon, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Scott, back-to-back. Zach's getting over a little case of the sniffles. He's going to be okay. I, we talked to him today. He's he's hanging in there. But, uh, bro, how how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, we uh, we had our first show together, just, just me and you, yesterday, and it was so nice. We decided to do it twice. So, but you know what? I, I am a little offended. You always introduce Zach as you know him, you love him. And you know I'm not nearly as lovable as Zach. So you don't want to assume, <laughs> you don't want to make those kind of assumptions because uh uh I'm I'm much more rough around the edges than the the cuddly bearded Zach who is who is definitely lovable. I don't know. I think both of you can be pretty fierce at times, but no, I uh, agree. We we share we're we're very actually very similar in, in our uh in our passion. You get us mm-hmm. going. Yep. We're very passionate. We're very similar that way. You trigger Scott or Zach and just get ready to sit back and be entertained. Grab some popcorn, <laughs> get a soda pop, and it's going to be fun. But we got some fish to fry here, Scott. The Denver Broncos. Let me pull up this article that Zach wrote today. Of course, he's, as I mentioned, he's doing okay. He was well enough to work today, so God bless him. The Broncos have hired Temple uh, co DC Ola Adams to be the assistant secondary coach behind Christian Parker, aka CP, who is one of the small handful of Fangio holdovers that Nathaniel Hackett has kept around. So this is from Zach's article today. Quote, continuing to renovate their suddenly youthful staff, the Denver Broncos are set to hire, in quotes, Temple Code Defensive Coordinator Ola Adams as assistant 
secondary coach, and this is coming from ESPN's Pete Thamel. And a couple of quick things here, Scott, then I want to get your take on this. Adams joined Temple, uh, the program, in January after spending seven seasons at Villanova, the last three as defensive coordinator, secondary coach, previously served as the school's cornerbacks coach slash special teams coordinator and running back uh, running backs coach. So he's been in the uh, at the college level for the last you know handful of years. Scott, I don't know how much that matters to you, but your take on this cat coming in to basically assist Christian Parker to to coach up this young defensive secondary. All right. Well, I don't know this one personally, but I've told you before when you start looking at college coaches. I actually like the coaches below the top level because they actually have to coach. I don't care about the wide receivers coach at LSU. I don't. He's recruiting his way to the top. You know, those guys are, it's kind of the same thing as like, do I want the offensive coordinator from Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, maybe not. But when you're looking at guys that can actually coach and develop, start looking at some of the smaller teams where they're not out talenting every single person out there. You go to Villanova, you go to Temple. By God, if you're going to be successful, you better know how to coach because you're not out recruiting a lot of the teams that you're playing against. So I like the strategy, and I'll be very interested to see him. I'm not surprised that he's he's making a move because you've heard me say before, Chad, that co-anything doesn't necessarily work out, especially when you're talking about co-coordinators. Right. You know, someone's got to be in charge. So uh, very interested in seeing him, seeing him come up. But I, I like the resume. I like the results he's gotten at a place that you can't just do it with personnel. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Well said. Well said, my friend. Uh, The Broncos also let a couple of uh, longtime assistant coaches depart. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, what an incestuous relationship this has become between Denver and Minnesota. I mean, the George Payton stuff notwithstanding, or I guess perhaps that being the source of how this whole thing is beginning to, um, you know, gel together. But the Denver Broncos, we had heard reports over the weekend, they're not bringing back Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator under Vic Fangio, basically in name only. You know, he was more of the senior secondary coach. He did do a lot for Vic. I don't want to minimize him, but he wasn't the play caller. Last time Ed Donatel called plays in the league, was in 2008 in Washington as a defensive coordinator. Well, Kevin O'Connell, one of three finalists for the Broncos head coach job, hired by the Vikings to be the head coach, liked Ed Donatel, hired him as defensive coordinator, but it doesn't end there. So 31 years of coaching experience, Scott, out the door to Minnesota by way of Ed Donatel. 
And then Chris Cooper, former Denver Broncos, fifth round pick, Pro Bowl caliber right guard. He was on the Super Bowl 48 uh, team and starting lineup. He's been the assistant O-line coach to Mike Munchak. This dude was literally drafted, Scott, by Mike Shanahan to, to play right guard in a zone blocking scheme, wide zone, that whole thing. He's coached it. He's seen it. He's played it. Didn't jive with Nathaniel Hackett. For whatever reason, he went out for that Butch Berry from San Francisco, and Chris Cooper's gone. But here's the good news. This is, this is what's good for Chris. Upward mobility, baby. He went from being an assistant position coach to now he is the Vikings official O-line coach. But how much of that talent or coaching wherewithal, I should say, coaching experience going out the door, how much does that concern you for what is now a very young coach and very young personnel Bronco squad? Yeah, we, we've talked about this. I think uh, Carl and I both hit on it on Tuesday um, on Broncos for Breakfast. Then he brought it up on Building the Broncos later that night, just that you know, it's nice to go. We needed to go younger on this staff. We needed to go younger. We needed to go with some fresh ideas. But as the pendulum swung a little too far to one way or the other. But I'm not surprised when any coaches are dismissed by the new guy coming in at all. It, it's it's more of a surprise to me, honestly, when they're kept. I mean, all the way down to uh, director of you know the scouting, the front office people. When when there's a regime regime, regime change. People like to bring in folks that they're a little more familiar with. And Lawrence coming in with some stars saying, it looks like the Vikings are striking back at Peyton. Maybe not. You know, who better than to make call, place a call and give a recommendation? Say, hey, we're not keeping this guy. You'll love him. I think it's probably more like that as far as a recommendation from a general manager to, uh, you know, it's a relationship business to make a call. If George Payton didn't want that guy, didn't like him, he probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have, I would almost guarantee you he gave him a recommendation for that position. Guys, we teased it. I want to come back to this. We teased it. And Lawrence, appreciate you, big Doug. Um, here's the update for the month of February for the Super Chat rankings. We're of course, just a shade behind on this one. Uh, but the top five, the one that may have changed is D-Dub mm -hmm. is probably two. Uh, I would almost be positive Michaela Parker is up to three. Michaela's okay. up to three. So those first four, though, in terms of being in the top five, we're, we're confident. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey H., let's see who's who might be behind him. Sam Bam's made some moves. But that's a pretty close approximation of where everybody's at. Tonight, this doesn't count. And I think last night, numbers don't count to this. But that gives you an update, all right? And then one last thing, we'll dive right back into the topics for this evening. We want to let everybody know where things stand on the Facebook goal of trying to reach 250,000 stars in the month of February. When we reach that goal, we are going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing. And here's where that stands. Uh, 10 days or so, nine full days. We're in the 10th day. Uh, we're at 33% complete. All right. So, so we got a little bit of ground to make up. The only people in the running for that raffle for the jersey are those who contribute to the goal. Here's who would have the most tickets in the hat, as it were, if it ended today. That would be Mike Ronquillo at the top, legend. Mark Schrader, who's been throwing down on the morning shows. Jacob Foster, Rodney Garcia, legendary, consistent, both guys. Joshua Mize, Miguel, Travis Tarbox, Lawrence Rivera, Andrew Baker, and Pete Middleton round out the top 10. And then all these names are also going to have plenty of tickets in the hat. Uh, so much love and respect. Appreciate you guys. We just wanted to give you an update on that. Uh, Bryce. Great to see you, my friend, in the chat. Thank you for the super. Thank you for the conversations also, by the way, on Twitter, at and me, at and Zach, 
keeping us apprised. Hey, did you guys catch this Bronco development? What's your take? Always appreciated. He says, Antonio Brown wants to buy the Broncos. Thoughts? <laughs> what do you suppose his net worth is, Scott? Uh, what do you get paid this year? What was his contract this year? Divide that in half. It's probably about that. So if he was on $15 million, he's probably got a net worth of about seven. My guess is he doesn't have a whole lot of appreciable assets in his name moving around. You don't invest in real estate and that type of thing. Uh, hopefully he's, he socks some of the signing bonuses away and put them away. Cause he's earned enough to live on for the rest of his life. But well, here's, uh, here's, here's what the, uh, you know, the kind of paparazzi celebrity net worth sites out there. And Chad, all they do when they do those usually is add up earnings. They don't ever talk about investments. Well, but one thing real, you're right. But one thing it mentions here is that he's earned 77 million in the league, but that his net worth is 20 million according to celebritynetworth.com. <laughs> So, guys, not not very wise with this coin, dude. Well, think about that though. Depending on where you're playing, you're gonna have you know a marginal tax rate of sixty percent. Yeah. That's so true. he might not take much more home than thirty of that money, depending on where he's playing. That's why, dude. If I was a player bringing in millions of dollars, hey, you get drafted where you get drafted. But as soon as I become a free agent, I'm willing to take a modest discount if I can go play in Miami. Or Jacksonville. Shoot, Vegas wouldn't be a bad spot now. Vegas too. Yep, Vegas yeah, too. Vegas and I, wouldn't I, be a bad spot. You know, looking out for number one, right? You, you got to dispense with the, uh, the the team you grew up rooting for stuff. Taxes, man. Brutal. But, but, Chad, brutal. I want to I hit on this real quick so yeah, we can yeah. get it over with. Uh, Albert, appreciate you asking. Uh, what happened to my eye? You notice I'm wearing, uh, I've, I've been wearing a hat the last few days. You've never seen me a hat before or glasses. Uh, I've got, somehow I picked up an eye infection. They call it periorbital uh, cellulitis, I think is what it is. I just started um, just started antibiotics yesterday, but basically it looks like I got socked in the eye. And it feels like that too, except if I had done that, I would know when it was starting to feel better. This has been going on almost a week. Yeah. And it is. Tomorrow, tomorrow's a week, right? <laughs> it hasn't been great, but I feel okay. Tylenol wipes it out. So, but yeah, it, it looks a little funky. So I'm, I'm going with a little bit of shadow and a little bit of glasses and, and trying to keep the topic so that you're not just going, you know, looking at this crazy, lazy-eyed dude up here. Truth but, is, I appreciate you asking. The but truth it does, is, it looks like I got socked when he was in the at the Senior Bowl. Someone said, "Hey, MHH sucks." And he went, "Kaboom, bam, boom, boom." And well, Nick down. said, Nick said that all it took was watching two days of these quarterbacks to get eye infection. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> he goes, "We're gonna have to lean into this one." I'm like, yeah. two days, and you're already gouging your eyes out." That's how bad the quarterback class is. But uh, appreciate you asking for sure. On that same beat with Albert, he says, I'm really excited with the new coaching staff and the new scheme. I think we are a playoff contender again, even with Drew as a quarterback. Now, one of our great supporters, uh, paying subscriber on Facebook, close friend of mine in the show and the site and everything. Albert, I love you. Um, do you agree with that sentiment? We kind of mined the Drew Locke upside potential topic uh, yesterday, but we're here. People are talking about it. People are wondering, mm -hmm. do you see that as a possibility? Very pragmatic is Scott as an analyst, and you need that as a balance. I think we're playoff contenders again, even with Drew as a quarterback, Scott. Agree or disagree? Yes, I agree. <clears throat> you weren't that far off this year. You know, it ended up going south, 7-10. and 10. Alana, thank you for the stars. We appreciate that. Speaking of of new folks coming in and new friends, at least, you know, to me, to, to, that I recognize as far as new to mile high huddle and friends of the show, it, the support that you've shown over the last 
month has been just spectacular. So thank you so much. But yeah, you weren't that far off. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, what we saw last year out of Drew was he came in and looked unprepared. Uh, comes in whenever he showed up as a as a uh, a spot, not even a spot starter, but coming in relief when you know Teddy was getting hurt. He he looked very poor, looked bad. And then when he came in for the last three starts, it looked like your only job is to not screw this up. Right. And he just played hesitant, you know. So letting him play free, can he do enough good things? Can he Jameis Winston this team where let the kid throw for 38 touchdowns and 20 interceptions? You know, maybe yeah. that is a, is a possibility. But, yeah, this team is good enough around it that if he plays serviceably, it's a playoff team. I, I, I agree with that, especially you got a ton of money in free agency because if you don't get your quarterback – you got a ton of money to put around him. You got a ton mm -hmm. of money. Go get your right tackle. Go get two new edge rushers. Go get a fire-breathing safety. Go get another interior lineman. You've got the money to do that. I could get, I got, what, $40 million? You drop me, mm -hmm. if I got eight, $40 million, five, give me five or six $8 million players and put them on this roster, yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are estimated to have, according to over the cap, uh, let's see. Cap space is 38. So yeah, you're right. Just around 40 million. And that's before um, any restructures or extensions or exactly. waves or anything like that. But at a certain point on the topic of drew and can lead this team as is with this coaching staff to the playoffs, like <clears throat> at a certain point, do you trust the hire that you made? And especially it being an offensive minded Head coach who's going to be calling the plays coming from a prolific offense in Green Bay, albeit quarterback by a future Hall of Famer. If you trust that that was the right hire, then why wouldn't you at least be open to the possibility that if the job devolves back to Drew Locke for whatever reason in 2022, you have a better shot to swing for the fences with this guy coaching, pulling the strings than you would with Pat Shermer slash Vic Fangio. Uh, Kevin, thank you for the very generous super chat. What's up? He says to Broncos country and the same for Casey Nickel. Casey is going to be on the show Wednesday next week. We're kicking back off our superstar segments. Casey would be a debut for Casey on the show. So we can't wait for that big dog. Thank you guys. But you know, do you trust that you made the right hire Scott? And if you did, then you got to also lean into that and kind of trust that Hackett might be able to tap into something. Having Drew's back, believing in him. They both kind of have that goofy, um, you know, enthusiastic kind of childlike joy for what they do. I think they could maybe hit it off, but I want to caveat this. I don't believe Drew Locke is the Peyton Hackett plan A for 2022. So yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Guys. I think uh, a veteran quarterback is plan A for sure. Now, which one is it? Might be A, B, and C. So, you know, one of the frequent things I hear you say on the, the MHH is if you had gone with Drew, at least you would have known. At least you right. would have known what you had. What, the, what you don't ever address, at least publicly, yeah, is the administration and George Payton don't have anything to prove to you. Maybe oh, yeah. they already know. Yeah, they might have. They, they might feel have they their may own. already know. Maybe George Payton says, I know, and this isn't it. That could That's a very distinct possibility, too. So there might be zero chance he's a, he's a, a Denver Broncos starter next year. I don't know. I think we got the question this morning. If you had to choose, uh, who would it be? And I'd said, I said the leader for me right now would be Drew Locke because he's only, only only one under the contract. I think it's probably like thirty three percent Drew, sixty six percent not Drew, 
mm-hmm. which puts him as the leader because there isn't anybody else I'd say has a better chance than than a third to be the Denver Broncos starting quarterback next year. But and that's what's going to be so intriguing about this offseason until a move is made to get in a bona fide veteran quarterback then even if you go and draft a guy at number nine, there's no guarantee he's the starter next year at all. You know, I, in fact, I probably wouldn't want him to be a starter next year. I'd let it be Drew Locke uh, use up one year of his contract left. The problem is, is you've got a bunch of veterans on that team that might not be down with that. They are like, listen, we're here to win now. We, we you know, Patrick Sutton, we resigned. We, we want to win now. And maybe we don't believe in this guy. So, veteran a veteran is plan a for sure yeah i mean the one thing is look you're right george payton could have pardon me rolled in here um said the nice coach gm speak things about drew lock when he took the job and he did say some good things about drew wasn't you know didn't make any kind of commitments to drew but said a lot of nice things he's got all the tools you look for maybe through the course of otas and training camp and by the time he gets vanquished by teddy maybe george payton you're it's possible was like, you know what? I've seen what I need to see mm-hmm. drew. Look, we'll, we'll keep him on uh, the roster. Cause we got him for one more year. He's got starting experience, but he's cheap. here's the thing that I think pokes a hole, by the way, thank you, Josh. It's good to see you. Big dog. Appreciate big it. Big stars, big stars. From um, Josh. Is George Payton said that one of the key questions that he was talking to these head coaches about, right. Was what would your plan be for drew? So, if you already moved on from Drew as a possibility, I don't know that you even mentioned that. Now, granted, Scott, it was asked to him, where does Drew fit in? So it's not like he was out there saying, and now listen up, everybody. I want everyone to understand. Drew Locke <laughs> is a topic. And, you know, he was asked specifically about Drew, but he decided to take that angle. All right. See, here's Chad. Here's the thing that always drives me crazy in the background when you bring this up, because you say it a lot. One, at least you, you put it on there, was he was asked specifically about Drew Locke. And in this interview, he says, yeah, that's going to be a big key. Any quarterback, any 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 possible head coach, we're going to sit down and say, what is your plan for Drew Locke? And then he went on and said, we're also going to ask him what their plan is for guys in the draft. Mm-hmm. Who are you looking at in the draft? We're also going to say, what about free agency? What about veteran quarterbacks that we could trade for? I said, so the fact that he was asked about Drew Locke, and then he talked about every single possibility at quarterback, he didn't say anything. He said nothing. So going on and saying, you know, that was a key question. That was a key comment about Drew Locke. No, it wasn't because he mentioned every single possibility when asked about Drew Locke. So by saying everything, he said nothing about Drew so, Locke. So here's here's That's the what full, I read into it. Here's here's the full quote. Mm-hmm. All right. Um let me read it for everybody who's not with us live. No doubt. So the question was, does Drew fit in to your plan in 2022? No doubt, definitely. How Drew did this year and kind of how he evolved, we want every candidate to have an opinion on Drew. How are you going to get the best out of Drew? Do they have a knowledge? And then as you bring up, now he switches gears. Do they have a knowledge of the college quarterbacks? Do you have knowledge of the free agent quarterbacks? Who have you been around? What's your ideal quarterback? What type of philosophy are you going to run on offense? It's a big conversation when you're interviewing these guys. It can go five to seven hours, and quarterback is obviously – a big part of the conversation. Now, the one thing that I think makes this a little bit more when he asserts Drew as a part of these interviews, all right, one of many questions, obviously, that are key when you're interviewing a candidate. It's not After like this was the only specifically about Drew Locke. This this isn't the only thing you're, you're talking <laughs> about, but this right here, Scott. 
It was, is he a part of 2022? Now Peyton could say that with a perfectly straight face. Cause he goes, yeah, he's under contract. No doubt. Definitely. He's part of 2022 and be like, you know what? He's, he's not my uh, option to start, but the tonality, sometimes it's also not every word they say. It's not what you say sometimes too, Scott, it's how you say things. And just the way he led with that. If you guys go back, I, I think it might be linked here. I think we linked it in the article to the, yeah, it's right here. There's, there's a link to the actual episode. You can go back and check it out. Uh, I don't think George Payton has given up on Drew Locke as a possibility. Now, again, guys, not I'm not saying he's plan A, right? Not as a possibility. I just, I don't read into that quote nearly as much as, as you have. I, I read into it as that's the general manager talking and he hit on every, basically every possibility at quarterback. Travis Weber in the house. What's going on, big dog? Um, you've got, by the way, I put in an order for your t-shirt. The, the, the specific thing we needed that we were uh, emailing back and forth about, uh, came available finally through the merch store so it's on its way to you appreciate you buddy he says i hope you get well scott hope you get well <laughs> so who did minnesota take from us hopefully you saw that boy now they took ed donatel and chris cooper okay. travis tarbox your prince joshua uh, coming back in so you should see the other guy see, well my yeah. son who is 12 years old and he's getting to be about my size at 12 he plays a bunch of sports, so his hands are always getting beat up. So he's like walking around rubbing the, the scrapes on his knuckles, saying, that'll, that'll teach the old man to mouth off to me again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, thank you for the reminder on this, Bryce. Curtis Motkins, who is a very treasured uh, running backs coach that's gotten a lot of production out of that position for Denver, he also uh, took a job in Minnesota. And that's something that, you know, another guy that Nathaniel Hackett could have, uh, you know, kept around if he wanted to, but he didn't. Kind of curious. I mean, Curtis Modkins, Scott, for what it's worth, he's a guy who has been a coordinator in the league. You know, he was considered for a – I'm trying to remember the school now, but he was interviewed for one of the head coaching gigs in D1 football. Uh, I wonder what it was about Curtis Modkins that maybe Curtis didn't really want to stay. I don't know, but – That's always a possibility too. You know, yeah. we've said that about Drew. Drew's under contract for one year. You know, people right. automatically assume that it's a long-term option if he's successful. Well, he could be okay, and then you got to make a decision because he's 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 not under contract. It takes two to tango on this. I made that joke behind the scenes when we were talking about uh, Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr and say, you know, would uh, would McDaniel's really give away another quarterback and really tank them like that? I'm like, you know what? Derek Carr probably said, "I want out of here." <laughs> yeah, indeed, Leroy. Appreciate the the uh, love, my friend, and he's digging the breakfast show on a day off today saying our team is already better and the season hasn't even started yet. Can't wait till it does get started. Amen to that. Appreciate you uh, tuning in this morning. Yeah, Travis thanks, wants, we went for about 90 minutes this morning and we could have gone longer. It was uh so it was a, it was a fun time this morning. Appreciate you joining. I was, us. I was wondering why that MP3 file took so long to buffer. Once we, I uploaded it to the RSS. I'm like, dude, we went, we went 90 minutes this morning and we didn't even hit on a lot of the stuff we, we were planning on talking about. Cause well, we, we had fun. We were having fun. So uh, Nick and I have a good time doing that. Travis, thank you for coming back with the stars again. And when does the new league year start? I know it's March, just not the date. I haven't paid that close attention to it, Chad. Do you know? Yeah, it's March, uh, March, March, uh, 16th, 2 p.m. Mountain. So that's when, uh, free agency begins in earnest guys. You know, there's the legal tampering period that'll predate that, but is it 24 or 48? I can't, uh, either one day or two before you could start negotiating and contacting these guys. 
Uh, Terry up in Canada, been with us a long, long time, about to get hitched. We saw uh, pictures of that ring, that rock that you got for uh, the missus to be. Congrats to you, my friend. Hope hope everything continues to go excellent with that. He says he still has faith in Drew Locke, hashtag state of being. And you are one of the great members of our community, Terry, that exemplifies that hashtag. Yeah, and, and absolutely. He seems, you know, for all reasons, someone that's pretty easy to root for. You know, I'd, I'd love to. The easiest thing in the world would be if, if he's successful. If, if Drew Locke ends up being the, the guy, and if he, if he turns into the man, oh, I know what point I wanted to bring up yesterday is, the third point is I kind of forgot about this as I was going on about Drew is there's a lot of discussion about, okay, this is a very similar curve for guys in their third year, right? So the the third year, and it takes guys three years. Look at this quarterback. Look at Josh Palmer. Look at John Elway. Look at Peyton Manning. What we don't say in that situation is most of the guys don't make it to their mm -hmm. third year. They wash out before that. Most of them do. Right. So does he become the guy who just wasn't good enough and didn't make it? Or does he become the guy who has the ability to move past that and say, yeah, he needed some time. Now look at him. That'd be great because he's, you know, cost controlled. You could surround him with a bunch of players, one of your own. That that would be the best scenario for the Denver Broncos is for Drew Locke, who's already under contract, to become the guy. But it's a, it's a big leap right now. Yeah, it's a big if. But you know what? I think for that to really happen for Drew and for the Broncos – it would it will take the right coaching system that that right support staff uh, on the coaching side of things, uh, like you know we go back to the comment Nathaniel Hackett meant generally speaking about hey the quarterbacks that I've worked with, you know they know that I'm going to have their back and they know mm -hmm. that I'm going to put them in the best position possible to succeed and you you look at that through a Drew Lock lens, Drew hasn't really had coaches that have at least from a public, I mean, it's not just what they say. It's, I mean, look at what they do. His back since arguably um, Rich Gingarello. So if, if they end up making some uh, coach QB love and they freaking really hit it off and whatever, that doesn't work out getting A-Rod, doesn't work out getting this guy, they decide they don't like this class and we'll, let's go in our honeymoon year, let's go ahead and run this thing out with Drew on his, on his rookie deal. That's the only shot I think that you have of Drew Locke really turning the corner is Nathaniel Hackett just being that perfect coach that arrived at the perfect time and all the stars, everything else lining up. Because otherwise, as much as I like Drew Locke, he's had his opportunities. You know, people act like he hasn't had a shot, you know, and even though there's been an, arguably some unfair stuff that's happened for him and a lot of which no one could control, like the pandemic and all that stuff, he had his window of time, Scott, to, to prove he could be the guy. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. And a lot of quarterbacks, in fact, most quarterbacks who come into the league, they don't get that opportunity to no, just I, say, what I, hey, sorry, you're Chad. the man, go do this. What I've said is, I mean, you really couldn't have handpicked anybody better for him to come and play under, you know, except maybe if he goes, goes to New Orleans and he plays, you know, plug him into Sean Payton. Well, that's not even possible anymore. What I've said is with Nathaniel Hackett coming in with this energy and the the ability that, you know, an offensive guy and the fun, he's almost a little goofy. You know, he's fun. He's not going to. You don't feel like the guys are going to be out there playing scared. They're going to play free, which is what you want. That's what you want yeah. out of your, your coach to get the guys who want to play for you. I think man management is the most important job you have. 
that if Drew Locke doesn't take that level, that, that next step, this conversation about Drew Locke is done. 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 Yep. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see for sure. It'll come out in the wash. Dylan, the great MHH moderator, I want your take on this, Scott, because you had an up-close look at Malik Willis, who, you know, the Liberty quarterback, the questions about him kind of revolve around either level of competition, right, at Liberty, and how raw is he? Is he polished enough yet to really be worth a first-round pick? But Dylan says, if we take any of the quarterbacks this year, I want it to be Willis. What is your evaluation, Cliff Notes version on Malik? Willis. My concern on Willis right now is to get Willis because of the tools that he has, it's going to cost you the nine pick or it's going to cost you your nine at, at best. You know, he might even go somewhere before that. So I don't want Willis at nine. I don't. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I'm almost on board right now with Desmond Ritter. If you can get him after 50, I don't, I'd prefer one of those guys 50 to 75 than right now Malik Willis at nine. What I came away with at Senior Bowl was I don't want any of these guys in the top 10. That was my big impression. Now, if I had my pick and it, you know, cost notwithstanding, Willis would be my first choice at quarterback. Maybe Matt Corral. I need to see more of him. It's unfortunate that the guy who maybe improved his stock the most did so by sitting out. That's a that's a, a poor indictment of this class. Um, so I like Willis, don't get me wrong, but he's going to need a year, at least. You can put some packages in for him because of his mobility and all of those type of things. You can put some packages in for him where he should be able to get his feet wet, but you don't want him as your starting quarterback. For all the talk about him down there, he threw for 11 yards. You know, He's like 2 of 5 for 11 yards. Now watch this. There's a 20-knot wind in his face. Him and Hal get rid of the ball about the same time. Yeah, zip. You know, with a 20-mile-an-hour wind in his face, that was the first day. And I'm watching this. I said, Malik Willis is the only one there that's got the arm to throw the ball through this wind. Um, his highlight plays were the best throws there. His low-light plays were the worst throw there. So he's hmm. he's inconsistent. He's going to need some time. Toolsy for sure. Love his mobility. But at nine, he scares the crap out of me. Yeah. He's definitely an intriguing guy. I mean, there's a lot to to like about him uh broncos once again with a top 10 pick i don't think you can ever be sure when you're drafting a player in the first round with very few exceptions especially at quarterback how sure can you be how warm and fuzzy can you get you'd have to be scott pretty dang confident at least and, and in your in your warm and fuzzies to take him people are talking about oh this is a bad draft this is a bad draft no it's not it might be you're you're not going to have your guys at the top five that are you know that you think of as like okay he, this Trevor Lawrence to me looks like you know a future Pro Bowler for sure. There's questions marks next to anybody, but it, this draft goes deeper. When I look at guys, I can name 25, 30 guys that I feel good about in the first round. I, I see a lot of guys that are projected second round that I really really like. So if you're passing, if you get Malik Willis at nine, it means you passed on a guy that can come in and help you right away at right tackle. Mm -hmm. uh, it passed on a guy that you can come in and help you at corner. You passed on a guy that can come in right away and help you at edge. Um, I don't know that I want that for this team right now, Chad. Mm -hmm. See, I mean, plays like that where it breaks down and you got to go off schedule. He's really interesting because he's just that twitched up uh, explosive athlete. You, you love that, Chad, but that's his second read. 
Right. His, his, he drops back, first read's covered, his second read is tuck and run. And mm. that doesn't play in the NFL. You know, and that takes and, and he's relatively new to the position. You know, he didn't grow up playing quarterback from seven years old and he's been throwing in camp. So there is dynamic upside here. But how patient are you gonna be yeah. with your with your first round pick in a window when you think we've got a roster that's ready right now? Make sure, guys, that you are subscribed to Scott's YouTube channel because all these clips that he picked up from the Senior Bowl are there. Andrew Baker has been a patient boy. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, all right, priests and the high priest. Oh, you're a sweet prince. Last <laughs> Thursday, game prediction. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be the last Thursday game prediction of the season. Who you got in the Super Bowl? I'll tell you, I want the Bengals. And I know there's the Vaughn element. So some people are going, Dak, it. no, we want Vaughn. Um, but I just love the underdog story and seeing what they did, what they overcame just to uh, get to the playoffs and then running the gauntlet, dude, from the wild card, beating Mahomes in his own house. I'm I'm hoping for a Joe Burrow victory. Now, will it happen? I actually think it's going to happen. I think these freaking Bengals, there's something magical about this team. I think they're going to win in L.A.'s home stadium in the Super Bowl. Do I have a score? No, but I there's just something tells me there was there's some magic about this team, Scott. I don't know. What do you think? I saw the Rams struggle with the 49ers, and the 49ers and Bengals are very, very similar with what they do on defense, and Cincinnati's better on offense. Um, I told Falling Sloth I would not. He's a Cincinnati guy. I would not, since I've picked against the Bengals in every game except maybe Tennessee. That one goes back far enough. I felt I, I liked their chance against Tennessee. I wasn't sold on Tennessee. Yeah. Um, that I wouldn't keep picking. But um, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. I think he's been criminally underrated. Agreed. And since I've been saying that for a decade, I want him to win one. I do. Like I said, that, who I that would I be cool. Me. Yeah, you know, this so, is this this is one of those Super Bowls where I'm not going to cry either way. Like yeah. it's not like you got Tom Brady bringing home number eight and you're enough gonna... enough at Tom Brady. Either way, there's some really great triumphant storylines. Mm -hmm. No matter which way this thing shakes out. Salvi Nation in the house. Thank you, Big Dog. We are judging D lineman or Drew Lock. Pardon, I see DL mm -hmm. and I think D line. We're judging Drew for his past seasons when the OCs have been responsible for their horrible seasons, the Broncos' horrible seasons. Locke has never had a true OC to help him develop as a good quarterback. He had one as a rookie, and I really was intrigued to see where that could have gone with uh, Skangs, but Vic didn't want to suffer through the growing pangs of a young quarterback and a young OC, young relative to his experience in the league. And so he pulled the plug because – you know, the Scangarello hire, Scott, uh, you weren't covering the team in any way, shape, or form back then. He was kind of foisted on Fangio. That was an Elway thing. Elway went to to the Niners and said, please let us take him. They were first rebuffed. The Niners wouldn't even let him talk to Skangs. And then back channels with John Lynch, two Stanford boys and all this stuff. They eventually got to interview him and offered him the gig. And Fangio kind of just went along with it because, hey, you know, okay, you're my boss. First chance he got cut him out, and that was that for Pat Shermer. Now, if Pat Shermer, Scott, doesn't get let go by the Giants, that timing-wise, probably Vic sticks with Rich Scangarello, but that um, temptation was there. Yeah, the, the the problem here that I have with this assumption <clears throat> is that having a good offensive coordinator automatically makes Drew Locke a better quarterback. It makes him better, but it doesn't necessarily make him – you know, what we've seen, yeah, he's had these limitations. He's had these problems. He's had 
uh, the COVID. He's had new offensive coordinators, had all that stuff. I, I get it. But we haven't seen him do it. And until we see him do it, I can't assume that he's going to. So again, having Nathaniel Hackett is the best thing that could happen for Drew Locke. It is. If he makes that progress, we'll know he was being hampered for sure. If he doesn't, the conversation about Drew Locke is done. That's it's true. It's done. That's so true. We'll find out. All will be known in due time. Lawrence Rivera says, I really hope Peyton pulls this off. It's literally his team now. I just find myself constantly shaking my head on these decisions. Hopefully I'm wrong and can eat crow because he's lining up something big. But if he can't make it exciting again, it's going to be another hard season for everyone. Look, I think the Scott, I think the Nathaniel Hackett hire is going to um, raise all ships, but it can only go so far if you don't solve the quarterback situation. And like we've been talking about, it's a long shot, but solving it could be Hackett finds a way to connect with Drew, help him with his processing issues and elevates him. And it's no longer, it's a moot point. They have their quarterback for a long time or they go out and find somebody, but they got to get a quarterback. They have to improve the most important position on the field, which has outside of the, you know, coaching carousel post Gary Kubiak stepping down has been the biggest single hindrance to this team being stuck in the mud post Super Bowl 50, no quarterback. And Lawrence, always a, <clears throat> a big supporter of the show, coming on with big stars on that question. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit about this last year, and you moved up to, is this a is this a playoff team if you get average quarterback play? Now, if you look at the ratings and everything, Teddy Bridgewater was about average. I don't think everybody realizes just how bad some of the quarterbacks are in this league. That, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was okay. Excuse me. But then <clears throat> you run into all these injuries. This team wasn't good enough to lose Von Miller. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about losses and injuries. Yeah. To lose Bradley Chubb. To lose two sets of inside linebackers. Um, you know, you lose a corner out of the gate, a couple backup corners. So the injuries on defense really played a toll. So when you're talking about looking at this roster, you think the defense is good enough for this to be a playoff team. If everybody stays healthy and you get average quarterback play, I think you've got, believe it or not, average quarterback play across the across the season, but the injuries, good Lord. Yeah. So, yes, we want better quarterback play. We don't want just meh. We want good <laughs> quarterback play because injuries happen. You know, injuries, injuries do happen. And this will help keep us from being so, you know, couple injuries here and there to the defense and all of a sudden our season's over because we can't score. Yeah. Well, let's let's get some quarterback play. Let's let's do it. And if it's if it's Drew Lock, great. If it's somebody else, you know, we'll see. I, I've been an advocate for, you know, saying yes, if you can go get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, there are no guarantees. Going back to Salvi, you know, and about, you know, Drew Lock with with his super, appreciate that for sure. Saying he hasn't really, you know, had a chance based on the circumstances. That well could be true, but there's no guarantee either. The closest thing you can get to a guarantee right now is one of those veteran quarterbacks that we've been talking about. Yep. Edward, appreciate the super, my friend. He says he's ready for the draft, wants to come back on the show. Yeah, we'll have you back on, dude. Um, I'm lining things out. We'll get it figured out. I'll be in touch. Um, yes, absolutely, Albert. DeMarcus Ware is going to the Hall of Fame. I think he'll be one of the inductees this year. I don't know how, how closely you follow that, Scott, but – do you see, is there anything you could see keeping DeMarcus Ware 
from the Hall of Fame this year as a first uh, first time ballot? I'd have to see his all his numbers, but I know he was an absolute nightmare for two different teams. Um, so it makes makes sense to me. Uh, Demarcus, where real quick, real quick, let's just celebrate because he's a Bronco, uh, 14, 15, 16, not quite enough years to get in the ring. But if he had one more season, he would have been ring of fame. He's top 10 all time NFL with 138 and a half sacks. And he twice led the league in sacks, which Vaughn, by the way, has never done. Um, has had double digit sacks, eight different seasons. And then of course he got to hoist the Lombardi as a Bronco. So I don't think there's anything keeping him out. I think it's going to be him, Holt, uh, Richard Seymour. Those are, those are the three, I think for sure, getting in, um, this time around, but, uh, Gabriel Martinez, appreciate you, buddy. What's up, fellas. Things are getting exciting. It's a breath of fresh air, man. Changes. It's almost felt like the one constant that you've got for, for Broncos fans post Super Bowl 50 is just change every year. It's something. Um, but this time it just feels good. It feels different. Maybe it's because they're going from a, you know, you got Peyton as the GM, Scott, and you're going from two defensive guys, neither, neither of whom were any good with the media to a funny, dynamic, offensive-minded guy with some Aaron Rodgers bona fides. Well, you know, it, it's it's almost like the what's worse than being bad is being bad and boring, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it just got to be where it wasn't fun. I, I've used this analogy a lot of times talking about it, it shouldn't be – everything always seems so hard. And uh, thanks for the super, Gabriel. That feels like a new name uh, to me. So it appreciate does. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the show. Everything was so hard. You know, you'd you'd go and you know, you'd have to to get points, you'd have to have these 15 play drives and sustain it. Well, you're not good enough on offense to do that. There was no big plays. Uh, you know, maybe we can keep the guy keep the guys down, but I've I've kind of said they played like they played not to win, not to lose on on offense. They played not to lose on defense. Well, who's gonna win? How are you gonna win any games like that? Clayton wants to know who's the MVP. Aaron Rodgers seems to think he's the MVP. Uh, One of the other uh, news items, Scott, that came out of his uh, golf tournament um, yesterday was he was announced as a three-time MVP, and although he didn't say anything, when it happened, he went like this. (laughs) Four. He he flashed the number four for those of you listening after that. When you you reach that age – you know, it's it's one of the nice things about getting older is you you care a little bit less about what people think about you. You're like, as long as my, you know, as long as my kids love me, I'm okay with everything yeah. else. Yep. I'm okay with everything else. So you got 250 million in the bank and you're 39 and a couple MVPs, you can speak your mind a little bit more. And, and Aaron Rodgers, God bless him. Uh, I He's got some personality. I, I get tired of the robots, yep. uh, you know, the, the, they won't say anything. Um, and Phil coming in with some stars. Thank you so much. Uh, and Travis Starbucks coming in with some stars. And Scott's spitting facts here. I'm like, okay, which one? I'm like, yeah, that one. We can all agree on that one. You know, nothing against Tom Brady, but he's the goat. I'm I'm, I'm ready for somebody. I'm ready yep. for somebody else. You know, I I'm I'm rooting against him pretty much every time he takes on the field. He's won everything there is to win. We get it. You got it. Get out. It, it's it's the same <laughs> principle, Scott. You and I are pretty close in generation. We're only a couple of years off. So we are in the same generation, Scott and I. We're Gen Xers. And I don't know how you felt about this, but like in the 90s with Jordan, I was ready for him to retire when before he retired. I'm like, all right, dude, you own the NBA. It's clear you're the greatest of all time. Go away. 
But in retrospect, when I look back, like when uh, the pandemic hit, and we got to watch the last dance on uh, ESPN plus or whatever. It was so fun to go back and watch that and just appreciate that greatness in retrospect, right? Mm-hmm. To go back and look at just that rare uh, feats and achievements that he was able to accomplish. And even Tom Brady, who I just find to be ridiculous in terms of just get off my lawn, dude. 22 years in the league. Come on, bro. Seven rings. Is it seven? Shit. Shoot. <laughs> I've lost count. Okay. I've lost count. But even already when he did officially announce retirement, all right, I'm going to out myself a little bit here. You know, I went and watched a couple of quick little like, you know, five minute YouTubes on some of his like, you know, uh, career highlights and just kind of appreciating how great he was, which he was, man. He was, I mean, look, in my heart, Elway's the GOAT. But if you look at it in terms of the rings and staying power and consistent, uh, I mean, outside of the year that Tom tore his ACL in Kansas City, guaranteed playoff berth if you're the New England Patriots or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's to say nothing, Scott, of all his rings. So he's the GOAT. The time had come. Thank the football gods. He's finally deciding to hang it up so the torch can be passed to this next generation. Yeah, I was. I felt like I was a little different with Jordan because it seemed to me like they were, except for the one year where they were like, all right, I've got something to prove, and they won 72 games. It almost felt like they were underdogs a lot. It really did. You know, the, the Phoenix Suns with Barkley, you know, they won like 63 games, and it's like, okay, it, I I don't know. I, I enjoyed watching them for some reason, in, uh, but – the dynasties can be a good thing. Now, when when Kobe and Shaq, maybe it's because I like Michael Jordan. I was not a Kobe fan at all. The, watching him play basketball actually angered me that they were so dominant. I was like, I, I quit watching. I'm like, okay, let me know when someone is beating the Lakers and I can start watching basketball again. Right. Um, but they they were they were they were so dominant. But with Brady, like I said, enough's enough. Enough's enough. Uh, Kevin Vin coming in saying, what are adjustments you want to see on the D-line? Through playoffs, good four-man pass rush, Reed and Chubb average, and Purcell just not the same since injury. Yeah, if you can get in, you know, I apologize for saying it, but, you know, the, the 98 Falcons team that went into Minnesota that y'all played in the playoffs, and the, the they were 14-2. and two. They were a really, really good team. But everybody was talking about that offense with Moss and Carter and Culpepper the 15 and one Vikings, but I was like, yep. the Falcons can beat this team because they have a four man rush. They can get pressure on Culpepper with four guys. Now, you know, they're uh, Cunningham. Oh, it was Cunningham, not Culpepper. That's right. Sorry. But anyway, the point remains, but, um, but they could get pressure on him and that that's going to make them dangerous. I've been a firm believer in the defensive line ever since, yeah. you know, blitzes are fun, all that kind of stuff. But if you can scheme a man free, it doesn't matter who you have running, you know, blitzing. But if I've got, if I can get pressure on you with four guys, I'm going to be a dangerous defense, very dangerous defense. And that's why uh, Cincinnati's winning. That's one of the reasons they're winning. Yeah. They're getting I mean, pressure on Mahomes with dude, three guys. Yeah. I mean, that was a key. And you're right about, uh, Kevin, you're right about Purcell. He wasn't the same after his list Frank injury that cost him most of the 2020 campaign. So the Broncos need upgrades on the edge. All right. They need upgrades right in the middle pivot. You know, they need a true nose tackle that's not going to always be trying to get upfield. A guy that's savvy enough to kind of see which way the wind's blowing and clog those lanes, baby. Like Purcell, God bless him, but he's just he's so aggressive and he's always trying to shoot the gap. And oftentimes that would leave 
the backside or the linebackers freaking hung out to dry. And so, you know, you just need, you need upgrades as I couldn't have said it better than what Scott did, but you also need to get that pivot. You need to get that nose tackle back in the saddle. 727 mil. And by the way, Scott, as we approach the uh, 50 minute mark, we got a really rapid fire because I got to keep it pretty tight to 60 tonight. I got some things cooking with one of my kids. Uh, 727 mil. Love you, big dog. I don't want to keep Josie Jewell. I'd rather have Alexander Johnson, which I understand. Like if you're just looking at explosive playmaking ability, especially in the run game, I understand why AJ pops out, but what I value in Josie's, I don't think their production Scott in that department is really all that big of a gap. And AJ or uh, Josie just brings so much more on the intangible side of things, both as a leader and just as, you know, as kind of a defensive captain that, I think he's just a little bit more valuable. And George, thank you for the stars as well. And seven two seven, getting back to yours, uh, I get it. Um, I thought I actually thought Jewel was playing better than than Alexander Johnson before he got hurt. Uh, when I came in here, you know, with, as a blank slate to watch his team, you know, I've heard uh, hearing the discussions about Jewel. Hadn't watched him. You know, he's blue collar guy, soup to nuts. He can you know do a job. And then I watched him start playing, and I'm seeing him go sideline to sideline, making plays. I'm like, this guy, I think he's better than you're giving him credit for. He's moving really well laterally. He's protecting the edge on, on sweeps, screens, et cetera, et cetera. That I was uh, – I think that was a big a big miss for sure. Got to watch out for where Ed Donatel ends up, if he ends up there eventually. I think that's his boy. I really do. You, you're going to – he he talked well about him all season, talking about uh, – you know, that all the work that he did with the team and how special he is. And when you go and you take a new job, you want to surround yourself with people you can trust and you can trust to have some influence on the other people. So keep it, keep an eye on Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel getting hired by the Vikings. It sounds like a deal's in place there. And you know what's ironic about that, Scott? Vic Fangio, when his job security was beginning to be questioned down the stretch, right, as the Broncos kept losing, losing, we know which way this is going, Vic. You are you were in a do or die situation. Are you starting to worry about your job security? And he threw out, you know, a kind of flip, uh, flippant kind of, hey, you know what? I can't worry about that. If I am fired, I'll have a job within five minutes. So it's a little bit ironic that Ed Donatel gets a paid gig as a defense coordinator before his boss, Vic Fangio. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not really making a comment on that, but I think it's ironic at the very least. Nathan. Watch Tom Brady highlights versus Denver in the playoffs. You'll feel a lot better. I think if if it was a race, Vic Fangio would have had a job as quickly as he wanted one. Vic Fangio doesn't need a job as quickly as he, he needs one. He's got plenty True. of money, yeah. and I think he can be a little more selective uh, of where he wants to be. So I know that's, you know, it's, it's kind of fun punching down on Vic Fangio right now, but if he wanted a job the next day, I think he probably could have made some phone calls for some open defensive coordinators and taken the first one that was offered. Make, but he's it makes you wonder what he's looking for, he Scott. Sit back and hell, I'll sit out of here if I need to. You know, what do you think Vic's looking for? I mean, because you're right, and he's been sniffed by a lot of different teams. Mm-hmm. Have talked to him. What's he holding out for? Do you think it's money? Because I don't. No, I mean, it's not dude. money. It's it's where where am I going to have the best chance to win? Where am I going to feel valued? And uh, where am I going to have the most autonomy? Hmm. Hey, Nathan, thanks for that, buddy. And Travis Weber, I know you got to sign off, so we'll see you uh, on Sunday. Steve Armstrong, thank you, big dog. I feel whomever is under center could help motivate the fan base. I remember sold-out season. Let's see what happens in the draft and free agency. Hashtag state of being. Don't ever F with Broncos country and the 
Mile <laughs> Highlander. I love that dude. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the draft and free agency. I mean, again, Broncos need an upgrade, Scott, at uh, at quarterback. And if that's an outside guy coming in, so be it. You know, if that's Nathaniel Hackett pulling blood out of the stone with Drew Locke, so be it. But it has to happen for this team to move the needle. There is absolutely no way we will not see. That's a lot of negatives, I know. So make sure I got them all in the right order. We're going to see more explosive plays next year. I promise yeah. you. It's yeah. almost impossible not to. Literally. Yeah. Uh, he's going to take chances. He's going to throw the ball downfield. And that will play into the strengths of Drew Locke if Drew Locke's a quarterback. If he's not, it doesn't matter. We're not going to see the dink and dunk uh, that we saw last year. And part of that, by design. You know, part of it's through limitations of who's a quarterback. Part of it's by design. That's done. That's done. I, I, I don't want a don't lose me this game offense anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you're not taking the ball away. If I've got the Baltimore Ravens uh, Super Bowl team, if I've got Derek Brooks and John, and uh, what was, that was John Lynch, wasn't it? That mm, was for the Buccaneers. Yeah, I've got the John. Buccaneers of Warren Sapp. Simeon Rice. Defense, okay. But if I've got a good bend but don't break defense that can hold you down and smother you, I still need some points. Again, yeah. I've said it before. I've said it before today. Your offense played not to lose. Your defense played not to lose. Well, where are your winners? Where, where are your winners yeah. out there? It's a it's a losing philosophy, and it mm-hmm. always blows up in that team's face that employs it. But, guys, <clears throat> we're going to dip on out of here. So thank you so much for spending about an hour with us, including you, Michael. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod and also head on over to Facebook, facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod and uh, give that page a follow. Big plans for that. Um, also, guys, check out the merch store. You can get Huddle Up Podcast gear, MHH gear, uh, Broncos for Breakfast gear, a little something for everybody. Go check that out. Huddle Up Pod, <clears throat> pardon me, dot com. And then also, guys, go leave your five star review on Apple Podcasts under the Huddle Up Podcast. Uh, and enter in for a chance to win a little uh, thank you gift, a little swag from MHH at the end of the month. Uh, it helps out a lot. Take some time, even if you mostly or only listen to the show or watch the show on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch. Take a second. I mean, most I see the analytics on Google. All right. I, I publish a very big website. I see that most people are using Apple. Go take a second. Open up Apple Podcasts on your phone. Go give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Yeah, not, uh, and just, with, not, not just on Apple, Apple Mobile, too. Yep. You're on your phone already. It's a small thing you can do to help us out in a big, bad way. Plus, hey, throws you your hat in the ring for a little bit of swag. And then one last thing here, Scott, and then we'll get out of here. I just want to shout out um, and let everyone know how they finished on Facebook, if this page would want to play ball with me here. And there we go. We got Lawrence Rivera at the top, Joshua Mize, Andrew Baker, Lana, Travis Tarbox, Gary Leeds Palmer, a.k.a. GLP, Michael Ronquillo, Travis Weber, Phil McLaughlin, and George Fox. Appreciate each and every one of you, and um, we'll see you on Sunday. Well, I'll, I'll be doing Broncos Book Club on, on Saturday around noon, but uh, and then we'll see you for the Huddle Up Pod on, on Sunday. Thanks, Karen. Uh, Karen says she's just coming in, just getting here and scope out the replay. Thanks, as always. You know, hit us up in questions. Uh, on, on You're on YouTube already. Hit us up in questions. I like I like going through there, and I, I read through the comments. And if there's anything that you need me to clarify or anything, uh, the written word is nice to be able to clarify what you happen to say live that you might not have quite been very clear on. 
I will see you tomorrow night. I'll be behind the scenes on the chat on Dove Valley Deep Diver. So we'll see you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock yep. Mountain Time. And Scott, thanks for uh, peeling off two hours and back-to-back nights to uh, step in for Zach, who's licking his wounds. He'll be back in the saddle on Sunday, guys. Don't worry. Appreciate that, my friend. And it's been fun finally getting to break the ice, just you and I getting at it, arguing about Drew Locke, arguing about uh, George Payton's uh, implications and what what his remarks mean and all that. But it's been a lot of fun, bro. Absolutely. Again, it's uh, always a good time. Always a good time. I'm never going to tell you I'm right. I'll just tell you what I think. Uh, Shout out to the great Super Chat superstars like Bryce, Kevin, Casey, Terry, Salvi, Edward, Gabriel, uh, 727Mil, Nathan, Steve Armstrong. We love you. We'll see you. Uh, for Scott, I'm Chad. For Zach, he's he'll be back Sunday. Uh, this is the Huddle Up Podcast on Mile High Huddle. Much love and respect. We'll see you on Sunday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.